This is the Magic and Medicine Podcast, and I am your host, Sarah Rain. I am a healing artist and a witch based in Portland, Oregon, and I work with Reiki, tarot, sound, and intuition to offer support, guidance, and empowerment to you, my clients, and community. In this podcast, I weave personal stories, energetic insights, and the wisdom that I've learned along my path to explore the realms of magic and medicine. I hope there is some good medicine for you here, and thank you for joining me where the magic happens. Hello, and welcome back to Magic and Medicine. I am, as always, so delighted to be here with you. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, Happy full moon in Sagittarius. Happy Gemini season. Happy eclipse season. (laughs) Happy almost Mercury retrograde. There's a lot happening right now, y'all. So before we get into our everything for today, I just want to make a few quick announcements about some special offers and ways of working with me and this full moon energy that I have available for you now. Um, The first is that I have an eclipse meditation, audio guided meditation um, available for download. It's $5 and it has some like accompanying sounds and the intention of this meditation is for integration and expansion and release uh, working with these eclipse energies. So that is up on my website, sarahrain.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, And then the other thing I'm doing this week is I am offering eclipse season tarot readings. And there are two ways to do that. One is on Instagram. I am doing Instagram stories, uh, two card readings for $10. And with that, I am donating uh, 50% of the proceeds to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Um, So I did a kind of fundraiser like this um, for a different cause a few weeks ago. I called it, you know, Terror Readings for Justice, and I'm happy to be doing a little something like that again. So that will be happening on Tuesday, May 25th, and Friday, May 28th this week. So I'll put instructions for that um, on my Instagram, which is at Sarah Rainbow. And then additionally, I will be doing um, some discounted longer readings, again, for the um, eclipse season readings. And those will be um, $22, and those are available either as a video reading or as a PDF. So that will be a little, well, quite a bit more expanded than <laughs> the Instagram reading. So if you want to go a little bit deeper and you want to take advantage of a special uh, discounted rate this week and you want to get some clarity on your eclipse season journey, which is definitely going to be a journey, um, (laughs) then you are invited to book a reading with me. And if not, um, we have a wonderful, you know, collective reading today for the full moon. So you'll definitely be getting some guidance. All right. So that, those are all of our announcements. So what is going on? So it's I'll give you today, I'll give you a little overview of the astrology that's going on as per usual, just kind of give you the broad strokes and what I'm paying attention to and listening to from the astrologers. I will then talk just a little bit about the energetics that I'm thinking about with this full moon, what it's bringing up for me and what, yeah, what I'm kind of investigating in my interior world in case there's anything there that resonates for you. 
And then we'll get into our uh, collective tarot reading for this full moon in Sagittarius. Okay, so we are in Gemini season. It began on May 20th and it is going up until June 20th, which is our summer solstice. And we have a bunch of Gemini action in the skies right now. The sun is in Gemini, um, Mercury is in Gemini, that's been there since May 3rd. And we'll stay there until July 11th because we have a Mercury retrograde coming up on May 29th until June 22nd. So basically most of the month of June um, and a good most of uh, Gemini, the rest of Gemini season is going to have Mercury retrograde. We also have our Venus in Gemini um, just until June 2nd. So Gemini is an air sign. It's a mutable air sign, which means that it's capable of change and adaptation. Um, It's the image of the twins. So it's a lot about the energy of duality. Um, And rather than like the Libra energy, which is more about like balance, the Gemini energy is more about like what are the you know disparate parts of yourself what are the opposite parts of yourself that you hold and that you know sometimes one or the other comes to the surface like having you know two twins who you know may look the same or occupy the same amount of space but they have different personalities and different you know things that complement one another um Mercury, or sorry, Gemini is very also focused on communication. It is also the uh, home sign of Mercury. So everything that we know about Mercury, communication, movement, um, kind of moving parts, these kinds of things is also associated with Gemini energy. And Gemini energy is also very uh, social. They, they, they're kind of the archetype, the stereotype of a social butterfly. They really like you know, interacting with others, sharing energy, sharing words, sharing thoughts, you know, philosophies, um, yeah, ways to kind of expand their own minds through interacting with others. And so I don't know about you, but for me, you know, the beginning of this Gemini season since last week has actually come with a lot more socialization um, in the best way than I have been experiencing for a long while. Um, And of course, that is coinciding with, you know, the new CDC guidelines um, that vaccinated people don't need to wear masks in a lot of scenarios. Um, So I've been very happy, you know, I'm very happy that I'm vaccinated and that I've been able to socialize uh, with my vaccinated friends and just feel like it's kind of normal. Um, Although, of course, the pandemic isn't over. It just feels like this, yeah, this lighter energy, which also like, energetically for me when especially I felt it when Mercury moved into Gemini I felt this like kind of light like fluttery almost buzzy energy and that's that kind of excitement that you get from like seeing friends and going to a party and like that kind of feeling is the feeling that I associate with Gemini Um, and they're also you know called like the (laughs) a flirty sign a flirtatious sign Um, so that's just part of that fun again of interacting with others um So a lot of Gemini action, and then our full moon is coming up on Wednesday, May 26th, and that is a full moon in Sagittarius. Um, And if you don't know, I am a Sagittarius sun. I think we are the most fun. (laughs) Um, And of course, Sagittarius is the opposite 
sign of Gemini, um, and Sagittarius is a fire sign, and again, it's a mutable fire sign, so it's capable of transformation, change, and adaptation, and sometimes might, you know, need change, um, changing of scenarios in order to feel excited and fulfilled. And so with these opposite signs, they always, like, have some things in common, and so with the Sagittarius energy, it's also very much the energy of, like, the philosopher, the teacher, wanting to seek knowledge and expand your experiences in order to better understand the world. Um, and I would say that Sagittarians also <laughs> are definitely social creatures. They stereotypically, you know, would be like the life of the party or whatnot, which, you know, I have found to be true. I mean, all Sagittarians are different, but I, <laughs> I've personally experienced that. Um, they're also, yeah, passionate, creative, um, uh, optimistic to a fault, potentially like a little reckless, uh, a little, um, daring, I would say, um, you know, not as daring as an Aries, but, you know, in their own way. Um, so Sagittarius energy is like, I thought of this image yesterday of like, a heart like a fiery heart that is like bursting out with fireworks and that is like what I associate with Sagittarius it's kind of this infectious joy and fun um you know when it's in its kind of highest form so those are the energies yeah just a lot of energies of of change and of kind of motion um which is also really appropriate because there's a lot of change and motion otherwise happening in the astrology right now. Um, so as I mentioned, Mercury is going retrograde on May 29th. And so what that usually means is it's a good time to kind of slow down and and review things and kind of take things as they come. Um, in general, because Mercury does rule all like moving parts and all communications, there is a huge potential to have those parts of your life get a little bit messy when Mercury does go retrograde. So, you know, miscommunications are definitely a thing, especially, you know, if we're communicating over text, you know, where it's hard to really know where the other person's coming from, um, you know, missed trains, planes, cars breaking down, machinery breaking down, taking wrong turns, getting lost, you know, all of this is um, kind of standard fare for Mercury retrograde. So it's not, you know, we don't want to fight or struggle against it, but we want to just acknowledge that it's happening. And as with all astrology, just do our best to go with the flow so that the flow doesn't push us in a way, you know, that that harms us or that makes us struggle more. So just like knowing that these things might happen, knowing that like we should give ourselves a little more buffer time between, you know, appointments and meetings that we should, you know, allow for miscommunications and kind of rather than, you know, necessarily becoming reactionary, maybe see if we can, you know, have a little compassion or, you know, come from the other person's perspective if things like that are happening and see, you know, how to solve whatever is going on in the most compassionate, soft way possible, because there is so much potential for friction. Um, and so besides Mercury retrograde, um, Saturn in Aquarius is also going, has also gone retrograde as of May 23rd. 
And it's actually going to stay that way until October 10th. So we've got a big Saturn retrograde in Aquarius happening for the majority of the rest of the year. And so Saturn rules rules our boundaries and kind of like the ways we work, the ways in which we set up structure, the ways in which we inhabit structure and inhabit the structures, yeah, that are kind of designated for us by society. Saturn is like the energy of the emperor, the energy of the grandfather, um, the kind of like hard-ass grandfather who really likes to follow the rules and like proper grammar and all that stuff. Um, so Saturn going retrograde in Aquarius, I mean, Saturn in Aquarius is already like a little bit of a challenging placement because it's really asking us to, you know, look at these systems and structures with fresh eyes, with eyes towards innovation, with eyes towards like the collective good, um, with eyes towards, you know, not not being stuck in the old systems. And yet Saturn really likes the old system. Saturn doesn't really like change and Aquarius is already pushing Saturn, you know, towards that change. And so going retrograde for most of this year, um, we're going to be invited in a really big way to really look at our commitments, our systems, our structures, our boundaries, (laughs) um, the ways in which we work, our projects. And, you know, anything that, that, doesn't really resonate anymore, that doesn't really have a place anymore, any old commitments, old partnerships, old projects, you know, old ways of working, being, thinking, um, they are going to be invited to go. And whether or not that is like easeful or not, again, depends on how much you can go with the flow and be honest with yourself. But it's a really wonderful opportunity because, you know, on the other side of this, we have yeah, we have the potential to really be in our integrity and to really be with our like current desires and current ideas and, you know, committing to projects and things and work because we feel really excited and passionate about it. And we're very like sure it's what we want to do rather than things we've inherited or things we've like inherited from past versions of ourselves that don't really, you know, resonate anymore. And so that's, those are the two big retrogrades. And then the other thing that's going on is we are entering into eclipse season. And so eclipse season happens um, twice a year on like six months apart. And it this year and into next year, um, it is on the Sagittarius-Gemini axis. So those energies I was talking about earlier, that those are the general energies that are being worked with, but how it specifically will affect you is going to depend on your your chart, your astrological birth chart, and which houses are ruled by Sagittarius and Gemini, and which, if any, planets you have in those houses. So how these eclipses will affect you will, will be very personal. Um, but overall, and yeah, we have our first eclipse on our full moon in Sagittarius, which is happening May 26th. So overall eclipses are like they can bring about like really sudden change. It's kind of like, to me, it kind of has the energy of like a flash of lightning striking. It's really intense. Um, And so there's, there's a potential, yeah, there's a potential for really great change. So there is a potential like, you know, you could do magic on this eclipse. Um, 
for things like that, things that you're ready to like release, things that you're ready to shift, things that you're ready to move into in a really big way. But I will also say that the energy is a little bit unpredictable. So if you are doing any magic or setting any kinds of intentions, just know that like, just like lightning, it's like really not something you can necessarily control. So you can, you know, do your best and and do your magic and set your intentions, but also knowing that like the universe might have other plans for you, other, you know, fun gauntlets to go through um, on your journey towards whatever your desired outcome is. Um, and in general, yeah, in general, eclipse season is just intense. I read somewhere, I don't remember where, but I read somewhere that like, you know, (laughs) eclipses were associated with like kings getting killed. They're also, you know, and retrogrades and eclipses are also associated with like breakups and just like that kind of energy of, of really sudden shifts. Um, so again, especially because we're in, Gemini season, Mercury retrograde and Gemini, Saturn retrograde and Aquarius and eclipse season being really, 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 really gentle with yourself and your interactions with others because like the energy is like electricity and we don't want to get shocked or (laughs) frazzled or burnt um, ideally. So ideally just practicing, you know, yeah, our our gentleness, our nonviolent communication, our empathy, our compassion, and also applying all of those same things to ourselves because, you know, all of these energies don't always, don't only affect our interactions with others, but they also affect our relationships with ourselves and our like inner dialogues and our brain and everything like that. And just to confuse you a little more, there is one other piece to this astrology that Um, feels a little different and that is Jupiter has recently gone into Pisces that happened on May 13th and Pisces is one of the home signs of Jupiter and basically um, I think I spoke about this on the May medicine episode but it's basically this energy of like wild expansiveness like past yeah just basically as far as your dreams can take you like if you can dream it you can do it Um, so Jupiter, you know, the planet of expansion, abundance, luck, opportunities, and Pisces, the sign of like dreams and visions and creativity and complete boundless, boundlessness. (laughs) So just thinking about, um, thinking about that. And again, looking to your astrological chart for where that affects you. Um, and Jupiter is going to be in Pisces until July 28th, and then it moves back into Aquarius for most of the year, and then it goes back into Pisces for next year. So this period until July 28th is kind of like a preview of, you know, a lot of the energies that we'll, we'll be in for most of the year next year as well. Okay, and so the last thing that I wanted to talk about was, as I mentioned, just kind of the energetics that I've been thinking about um, with this Gemini season and with this full moon and kind of what's been illuminated to me. Um, So I'm thinking a lot about dualities. I'm thinking about a lot about the dualities that we hold inside of ourselves. And one of the big ones that is coming up for me is the duality of like shadow and ego. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to fully get into I'm going to give you a little bit of a taste of the idea of what the shadow is and what shadow work is, but I won't get into it fully because it's a big topic that could definitely use its own episode. But basically the shadow 
from uh, one of my teachers, Sulky, who I've had on the podcast before, she defines it as like everything that your ego doesn't want to see. So the ego, of course, is like the conscious mind and the conscious identity. And the shadow, which is a concept that comes from Carl Jung, um, is, yeah, is everything that your ego doesn't want to see. So it's everything that feels like taboo. It's everything that feels like you need to keep it hidden. It can also be your traumas. It can also be your fears. It can also be your, yeah, just things that feel icky and feel like they need to be relegated to the dark. Um, And, you know, in thinking about the shadow, I'm thinking about, you know, in terms of duality, like, what can our shadow teach us? Like, what does it exist for? What what lessons is it bringing? Rather than, again, like trying to ignore it or trying to just like not be with the discomfort that comes from our shadow, um, what lessons um, and transmutations and alchemy are possible when we actually look at our shadow and when we do shadow work and when we kind of are able to you know, integrate our shadow and our ego, ego, our conscious mind into a whole self, into an integrated self. Um, so just asking yourself that, and especially like in terms of like, you know, if, if things come up that feel challenging and that feel like it's that, that, you know, darker part of you, um, just seeing if you can, you know, of course, be gentle with yourself, like allow your feelings to, to come up, allow your feelings to move through, see if you can, you know, do something to hold space for yourself, to hold space for your inner child and kind of like allow these emotions to be while also processing them. Um, or just, you know, witnessing it if that, if it doesn't feel accessible for you to actually like be with them and process them. But, However, you know, it comes when these harder moments come up, um, seeing if you can just find the lesson in it, because usually, at least with me, um, when I have hard times, there's usually like some medicine in it. And the medicine might be, you know, (laughs) actually like your coping mechanism, you know, isn't working and it's actually like creating more pain so like witnessing yourself reacting in this way like what how can you adjust in the future like what small steps can you take to actually like have a little bit of a a healthier or you know better way of processing these things um and another thing is just thinking yeah thinking about that balance and thinking about that perspective and like you know the other day I had a a shadow day I was feeling down for a while And when I came out of it, when I moved through it, when I, you know, decided (laughs) to emerge from it, I went outside to water my garden and I was just like struck with the absolute like gorgeous, gorgeous and gorgeous abundance that I have. And, you know, all I have, like I have some flowers and herbs in the ground. I have some pots of like onions and peas and tomatoes, like nothing crazy, but like I saw it and I was just like... I don't know. My heart was just full. I was just like, this is so absolutely abundant, absolutely beautiful. And so thinking about like, yeah, how your perspective shifts depending on what you, depending on how you're looking at the world and and knowing that like how you look at the world is a choice, which of course, like, you know, your trauma is not a choice. Being triggered is not a choice, but then how you 
move through it and how you react to it and how you decide to frame things that happen in your life can have a huge effect on how on on your quality of life and on your happiness and on your sense of abundance and sense of groundedness and rootedness and all that. Um, So just thinking about that for yourself and then the other, you know, dualities I'm thinking about are like micro and macro. So like how our personal experiences fit into the experiences of the collective um, mind and body. I, I talk a lot about this kind of idea of our our brain and our mind versus our like body wisdom and you know the balancing and the integration of the two shadow and ego I already mentioned um heaven and earth so really like embodiment and presence versus like you know spiritual expansion and (laughs) travel and like astral planning and all that um and then the last one is internet versus IRL versus in real life so the balance and the duality between like you know most of us needing to have some kind of existence on the internet whether that be for work or for you know social media or for what it is versus like the real experiences that we're having here in our bodies in the 3d um so just thinking about dualities thinking about if yeah if things do feel out of balance thinking about the lessons that you can garner from both sides of any duality and thinking about like how you can work with these disparate energies in order to create a whole and integrated existence so that's what I'm thinking about um we are going to take a quick break for our sponsor and then we'll get right into our collective tarot reading for this full moon in Sagittarius stay with us All right, so we are going to do our collective tarot reading for the full moon in Sagittarius and the moon cycle that follows. And if this is your first time tuning in, this is a collective reading, so you're welcome to take whatever works and leave the rest. So we have three questions, three cards today, and we are using the spiral tarot deck. So our first question is, what medicine is eclipse season bringing us? And the card that we got for this is three of pentacles. And in this deck, um, the image that we have for three of pentacles is actually this like ballerina or dancer on a stage. Um, She's wearing a beautiful like poofy dress. There are all these roses and flowers on the ground of the stage. And she is being shined upon by three pentacle um, spotlights. So they're like little circle pentacles that have lights, yellow, bright yellow light shining from them, shining onto her. So three of pentacles. And again, our question is, what medicine is eclipsing season bringing us? So what this is about is, is that energy that I was kind of talking about, that energy of integration that energy of building, that energy of aiming to create harmony, um, especially from disparate elements of ourselves. And what I'm feeling with this card is kind of like, yeah, taking these little morsels and these little bits and bobs and like everything that you've learned in your whole life, whether or not it seems relevant um, and kind of extracting the lessons, the knowledge, the ideas, the tools from all of your different experiences and bringing them together to create something 
um, gorgeous, harmonious, integrated that has a really solid foundation because um, because it, you know, is a long time coming. Um, and it can also be about, yeah, basically like taking your different experiences to build something new. It can also be about just like sharing our light you know in this card we have like a spotlight like this you know this dancer is just here like and everyone is benefiting you know from what she's <laughs> from what she's sharing um it can also be about you know interacting with others collaborating with others and like what kind of medicine or what again like what new thing or idea can come from you working with someone else um or you working with like another tool or another perspective, another collaborator, whatever it is, uh, to create something new. And it's also about kind of, you know, not needing to choose extremes, like not needing to choose binaries, but rather like choosing the middle path, the middle way, whatever feels like, you know, just right. Like, you know, Goldilocks tried the baby bear chair and the papa bear chair and you know it didn't it didn't work out but then there was one that was just right and that is this energy of like kind of shifting around moving around until you feel like that solid sense of like being held and and being like yes this is actually certainly the correct path um and the last kind of element of this is uh, remaining grounded as the world shifts around you. So like in general, Three of Pentacles, not just in this deck, but in the Rider-Waite-Smith is this energy of of building solid foundations and can also be about the energy of like contracts. It can also be about the energy of collaborating with others. Um, so here we're thinking about like, yeah, how do we remain grounded in everything that we know while simultaneously being open <laughs> to release some things that are old while simultaneously being open to receiving new ideas and influences, you know, as we go through these retrogrades, as we go through these eclipses. But in the midst of all this wild whirlwind of change, how do we still remain grounded and still be sure that like, what we're working on is actually solid and is actually going to last into the future. And especially because what we're working on is happening during these retrogrades, um, it is best to go slow and steady and best to be sure of every step. And again, if possible, to focus um, your energies not on launching new things, but to focus your energies on like continuing or rebirthing, reformatting, recontextualizing old ideas, old projects, old skills, old tools, um, because that that kind of thing of like re-emerging, that kind of energy actually does go well with the retrograde. So as long as we're not just like, yeah, I mean, do what you want to do, but that's the kind of energy that this card is letting us know and that, you know, the astrology is letting us know that will be especially supported. So our next question is, how can we anchor to joy and pleasure and curiosity in this time of great change? How do we anchor into those feelings? And what we got is two of pentacles in reverse. And so in this card, um, in this deck, we see kind of like a, a jester, like a court jester, and they are holding up two pentacles, one in each hand and they're gazing at one of them. And it's coming up in reverse for us today. 
And so the message of this card is basically, and again, our question was, how can we anchor to joy and pleasure and curiosity in this time of great change? And so the message that I got for us is you don't have to choose. You don't have to get pulled into dualities and binaries. You don't have to hold both, hold both sides. You don't have to compartmentalize yourself um, and kind of straddle between worlds. Um, and yeah, you don't have to do that. And what you are in being invited to do is to actually like follow the feelings and follow your intuition and put things down when they're feeling like too much um, and take your time you know, just take your time in general, take as much time as you need. And like, again, if you need to, you can put down your responsibilities and, and just not force it. And so, yeah, usually this card when it's coming up upright is really about this energy of holding both, like holding, you know, your nine to five job and then holding your like passion and like witchcraft, (laughs) you know, like holding both in that way. And so it coming up in reverse for us, I think, is definitely a support, a supportive card to our first card that we got, which is that we don't, you know, we don't need to be pulled into binaries. We don't need to be thrown out of balance um, by our shadow side, by our job responsibilities. We don't need to compromise anything within ourselves in order to be all that we are. Um, and again, this kind of energy of integrating, even if we feel like we are split into dualities, even if we feel like we can't possibly be the same person at work as we are with our coven, um, this card is telling us that actually like it's all you and it's all beautiful and it's all like what makes up the tapestry of you. And like there is, you know, healing and pleasure to be found in like you know, busting down your own binaries, especially the ones that um, that feel constrictive to you, that feel restrictive, that feel like you can't be your full, flagrant, <laughs> beautiful self. I don't know if that was the right word, but <laughs> I think you understand what I mean. Um, and yeah, this is feeling, you know, potent to me. My my day job is ending on June 10th, and you know, it's a little. Uh, a, a bit scary, quite a bit scary to, you know, not be having that uh, set income, but like what else is on the other side of it? Like being able to, yeah, be my full self, being able to do this work full time and being able to just like trust the universe and do this huge like leap of faith jump. Um, there is so much medicine in that. There is so much pleasure in that. There is so much potential in that. Um, and you know, not everyone is in my position where they can make these big changes like that, but knowing that like, if a change like that or a shift like that is possible, and if it feels like a soul, yes, if it feels like a body, yes, then like, you know, maybe, maybe it is time to make those shifts. Um, and if not, that's okay. If you have to remain like within the structure of your life, that's okay. But then see about like how you can adjust again, the way you're looking at it, your perspective, the way you're framing it, the way you're relating to it and see if there's any ways in which you can allow yourself to be more expansive, more yourself, more in your full expression in order to anchor into that joy and that creativity because that joy, that pleasure, that creativity, that all comes from you. That's all within you at all times. So how can you be your 
fullest embodiment of yourself at all times in all situations. That is what this card is asking us today. So our last card, our last question for today is, how can we better integrate the dualities within us for a more harmonious life? Yeah, we're very on theme today. So how can we better better integrate our dualities for a more harmonious life? And the card that we got for this is actually judgment. <laughs> so judgment in this deck um, it's basically, it's like the day of judgment from the Bible or whatever. So it is an image of like all these kind of shadowy figures emerging out of the earth, presumably like out of the dead, out of the unseen, the shadow part. And there is a big angel on the top of this card. And that angel is playing a flute and is this kind of golden angel um, that is illuminating all of these shadow parts, bringing everything to light to be looked at, to be judged. And so again, our question was, how can we better integrate the dualities within us for a more harmonious life? And so judgment is coming up for us today because one of the answers to that question is to do our shadow work, um, to look at the uncomfortable parts of us and that's the reason why we do you know shadow work and inner child work even though it's highly uncomfortable is because if those parts don't get looked at you know nourished processed heard witnessed they are going to make themselves known in other ways um, and those other ways being like those big emotions coming through, those, you know, reactions, um, you know, poor coping mechanisms, addictions, like, you know, all like all of this, there's many reasons for many things, but a potential like spiritual energetic cause for some of these things coming up is that our shadow and our inner children like aren't feeling seen. And so they need to somehow express themselves. And so you know, if we don't, again, look at them, tend to them, acknowledge them, care for them, they're going to kind of burst through and throw, you know, their own kind of tantrum um, that, of course, comes out, you know, in us, in the way that we feel, in the way that we speak. And it, we might not be so much in control of how that manifests unless we are intentionally looking to it, looking for it, working through it. So, judgment is telling us about shadow work it is telling us about bringing light and compassion to our shadow parts um kind of like opening the floodgates in order to move through like descending descending into the dark or allowing the dark to come to the surface because again it needs to be witnessed it needs to be nourished it needs to be worked through and the other part of it it's not like our you know, our shadows and our, our kind of patterns like this, like, aren't set in stone. If we do, you know, hold space for them and work through them and bring some medicine, bring some healing, bring some compassion to them, we're actually able to, you know, release parts of that and not feel so heavy anymore, not feel, you know, all of this in our shadow weighing us down. Um, so that's the other <laughs> benefit of doing shadow work. Um, and the other message of this card is like also, you know, giving it up to the divine, like working with the divine, however you define the divine as a partner, um, 
yeah, to do to do the work here, especially to do the hard work that you have to do here as a human. Um, you know, that's a big part of this card about, you know, half of the card is darkness and half of the card is light. And that light is coming from an angel who's here, you know, who's here to <laughs> shine the light. So, you know, yeah, so here and now we can ask for the assistance of our spirit guides, of our ancestors, of like God, the universe, the goddess, you know, whoever you work with. Um, that energy, that divine energy, which, you know, reminder is also in you, um, is accessible to you at all times and can be a great help um, because it might, otherwise this work might feel really big and overwhelming and like you can't do it. Um, but, you know, if you have a spirit on your side, your capacity becomes greater and you are supported and you are held in like, you know, beautiful, positive energy and it makes it easier to go through this stuff even when this stuff is very uncomfortable and painful. Um, yeah, spending time with your murky parts, allowing, and the other part of this, which is kind of less <laughs> intense, I think, um, is allowing your shadow desires to take shape. So the shadow isn't just, you know, quote unquote, bad things or sad things or trauma things. The shadow is also like, again, that which the ego doesn't want to see or look at. So that can also be desires um, or ideas or whatnot that you feel, you know, taboo about, that you feel like aren't accepted by society, that in whatever way, for whatever reason, you have some shame or like hesitancy around, you know, enacting or creating in the world. So the other positive part of this like judgment placement here is that we can we can give ourselves a little bit more permission to, you know, if we have those shadow desires or ideas that, of course, not anything that would hurt you or someone else, but like things that societally feel restricted, but that you know are things that you that would feed your passions and your creativities and help you to feel fulfilled. There's a little bit more pr permission to bring that up from the shadow, to bring that up from the surface and to see if there are any ways in which you can create or embody those desires and those ideas in the world. Again, we're in a time of like great turbulence and change and shifts and like really big energy. So you can kind of see it as like your system getting a little bit shaken up and rumbled up and sometimes getting shaken up something like good like that comes up from the shadow and you're like hey I've been sitting on this forever I felt like I can't do it or I'll fail or it's unlikely or someone else is already doing it I have imposter syndrome you know all these things <laughs> um, this is a time to give yourself permission to go for it see what happens and again it doesn't need to be like fast and furious go for it it can be like let me bring up the seed of this old idea let me integrate my other ideas and my other experiences and let me start to build a solid foundation for how I can how I can share this with the world. All right, my dear ones. Uh, so that is it for our full moon medicine. Um, just a reminder, I'm doing eclipse season readings uh, this week for the full moon, both on Instagram and uh, Zoom or PDF sessions. 
So you can find information about that at the show notes. And then the other thing is that I have a full moon and Sagittarius meditation available for download in my shop. So you can find all that at the show notes. All right. So last thing, I was going to add an outro song, but the technology was not working with me. So I am just going to tell you the song instead. And this is a song by one of my very favorite Sagittarian musicians. It is called Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. So that song is my vibe for this full moon. Um, You may want to listen to it or you may want to make your own full moon playlist, but just offering that up to you. All right. Happy full moon, many blessings, and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Magic and Medicine. Your support means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more about me, join me for an upcoming event, or receive a one-on-one session, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Rainbow or on my website, sarahrain.com. If you'd like to support the creation of this podcast, you're welcome to join my Patreon at patreon.com backslash sarahrain or make a donation at anchor.fm backslash magicandmedicine. Take care and see you next time. Thank you.